thanks everybody for tuning in again. We're uh, doing another episode of Brown Trout and Bridge Beards. Uh, it's been a while since we've been back in um, Blaine, Minnesota, doing a uh, podcast. But the gang's all here, and we got uh, you know a couple extra guests as well. So uh, thanks again for tuning in. Um, we've got uh, Mr. Uh, Ebbs Force One sitting to my left. Oh, we've got uh, Mr. Carfellini across the table from me texting or doing something on his phone as usual. He's just shaking to said no. I think he's having a seizure. I'm not here. And uh, to my right, I'll let you introduce yourself. My name is Eddie Rivard on Instagram. My name is Eddie Rivard. Not Edward, but Eddie. Eddie. Uh, it's uh, E-D-D-I-E. Rivard. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, he's joining us for the night. We just, uh, pulled some chicken wings off the grill, had a couple of brats hanging out, um, you know, talking about all the fun stuff, but, uh, first we want to kind of jump in and, you know, what's been going on in the Minneapolis driftless Midwestern area, as far as fly fishing goes lately. I know there's a bunch of sad faces out there because musky season's over with. How do you feel about that, Eddie? I, you know, I'm, I don't really feel sad. I, I laid it all on the line. I did what I had to do, you know, the time I had to do it. And I think it's good to have six months off of musky fishing. You think it's good mentally or you think it's good mentally for fish? and physically? Yeah. You know, I don't really take the fish into account, but uh, I just feel like a guy needs to rest, kind of, you know, re, you know, take what he learned, digest it, kind of formulate a plan for the next year. Yeah. And then by the time June rolls around, you are ready to go. And it's just kind of like you've been holding back and you spring forward and you got six months to see what you need to do, you know, to get, just to try to get it done. So do you do any kind of uh, supplementing in between uh, now and the musky season with a little, maybe trout fishing up in the wintertime? Yeah. I just texted my buddy today. I said, I have January 1st through 3rd off and weather permitting, we will be fishing. Good. So. Good, good. Should be good. So musky fishing, taking a break is good, huh? Well, it's the card that we're dealt. So you just got to kind of accept accept it and make the best of it. Kind of like the rest of your life. Well, that's true. I, I think those are, those are good words to go by. Um, that's for sure. I mean, not to say I'm not going to go out and musky fish out a season anyway. No. You know, there's... <laughs> You just don't tell people about it. <laughs> you wait till after the season starts to post those on the gram. Right. You got to just go take a peek at them. Just at least say hi to them. Yeah, basically. Yeah, you know. so, Muskies yeah. love to be pet too. I mean, if you can get near them and in the water, give them a little pet on top of the head, maybe a little slap in the tail, a little slap and tickle. And if anybody comes up on you when you're doing it, I was just fishing for pike. Oh, yeah. That's actually, you know, that'll, that'll work. I mean, there's got to be... Certain limitations to that, but we'll see what happens. I see there's a question um, from, uh, there's a question, well, uh, blondes, brunettes, or browns? Um, just deal with the questions later. Yeah, we focus on the matter at hand. We'll, we'll, we'll get to, uh, Joey's question here a little bit later. We've got, we've got some questions. We'll ask, uh, the legend, Mr. Uh, Eddie Rivard here. But, are they, uh, I mean, the questions are rolling in right now on Instagram. They are there. Well, we'll just say Browns because, you know, we're on the Brown Trout podcast. Good good answer. That was good. Good answer. How about you, Carf? Blondes, Burnettes, or Browns? 
So that's a tough one. Um, I probably go with brunettes, but Matt, good show. I know it's it's fantastic. <laughs> it's rolling. I'm kind of ruin like, everything. I kind of have this like chicken wing hangover currently. Um, well, I, I think I think Justin just hit the nail on the head. I mean, when he's around, the podcast just goes to shit. Should we just throw him off the deck? Yes. Okay. That wouldn't right. do anything because I have a lot of self insulation and I bounce. You're puffy. But we have um, fluffy, poofy. We have bumblebee nunchucks. <laughs> beeswax. Oh, those are oh, beeswax man, nunchucks. No, that's a question for later. <laughs> See, you're already, tell, you're already tell us about the bumblebee nunchucks. No, and now I forgot my question, and I can't. If I say it, I'm going to ruin it. Not now. We'll but, come back. Well, it's a, it's not a question for me. It's not a question. Is it's, it, is it it's a, question? a question? It's a question for Eddie. Doc, Dr. Rivard. All right, roll with it. Let's hear it. Eddie, in a battle, would you rather have three cans of Bart's root beer? Empty. Is it Bart's or Bark's? <laughs> There's a Q, I guess. <laughs> and it doesn't. It's not a T. Barks, is it Barks? Yeah. Okay. Barks repair or wax nunchucks. You know, I never really thought of that <clears throat> up until this point, but uh, I'll just go with the root beer. Wise choice, because wax nunchucks are not going to get you very far. Because if someone's bringing the fire. <laughs> They're going to melt. That, that's your defense against wax nunchucks? That's all you got? Fire? <laughs> you know, I was really worried about coming on here and having this be like, not a great podcast, but you just made this the best podcast ever by that joke. And uh, now I don't have to worry the rest of the time because this is already in the top 10% of podcasts of all time. I could suck the rest of the way. And you just made it. We're all good now. We can just smooth sailing. No nervousness. Well, I am so ecstatic to hear that because I've been holding that joke for like two hours now. Well, I'm glad you didn't let that one uh, go to waste at all. Appreciate you bringing that one through. You're welcome. Good yeah. job. A little, a little fist bump there. Um, yeah. I. Well, let's cut over this. Uh, you know, it's we're coming up on the holidays. We've got, uh, you know, everybody's looking for like stocking stuff and stuff like that. Um, our resident gear expert over here, Mr. Ebsforce, has uh, kind of found some stuff that, you know, buy somebody something nice that isn't just going to go to waste. So, yeah. uh, so. Um, like Grant said, we're in the holiday season, Christmas or whatever you are. Um, and I made a list of like what I would want for a gift. I said, good crack, Eddie. Um, Loon has a couple, um, gift ideas for the holidays. They've got some, some good kits. They have a essential kit. Essentials? Essentials, yep. It has all the stuff you need for catching big giant brown trout. Oh, I thought you were about to say like essential oils or something. And then I was going to have to edit that out of the podcast. Okay, but that's not it. Um, It has nippers, hemos, and a zinger. And the new loon zinger is money. Tell me about the zinger. What is is a zinger? For real? Describe it for me. It zings. Does it zing? Stuff. Zing stuff? You put stuff on it. Like and Eddie it probably zing? has one for his keys. Oh, like a, like a, uh, what do they call that? 
uh, janitor's key yeah. ring zinger thing. Yep. Perfect. You put it on your anything gear. Yeah. And it zings it out. Zings it out. Perfect. And then it zings it back when you let go. Um, and then they also have um, some good UV resins, and they've got a kit that has all three. They're thick, thin, and flow resin. Nice. Along with a pretty sweet light that will cure that resin. Very nice. Um, our buddy Joe over at Firehole Outdoors. Love Joe. Love Joe. He has a pre-sale for his slotted tungsten beads. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And that's ending pretty soon, right? Yeah. I think you've got maybe a week by the time this comes out. Okay. To get on the pre-sale. And it's crazy discounts. Awesome. Get lots of beads for a little bit of money. Uh, he also has five new hooks coming up before the end of the year and some shanks for you shank people, steelheaders and all them fun swing and fly people. Uh, and he's got a couple surprises that even I don't know what they are. So watch out for those and he'll probably be posting those on Facebook, Instagram, website. Oh, yeah, he'll let us know. And join his newsletter I think he's got a newsletter too that he sends out updates yeah, on that you can get. He you can sign up for his emails and get all the latest and greatest from from Firehole Outdoors from Bozeman, Montana. Um Whiting Farms, men provisions, they have a lot of it. Uh it's a good place to go and get your chicken feathers. Well, what what's men got for us? Uh, Mend has a whole bunch of stocking stuffers on their Instagram and Facebook. Uh, one of them is a air freshener that Ooh. I hear smells just like Mike's beard. So like Christmas. Yes. Perfect. Or hipster. Whatever a hipster <laughs> smells like. Very possible. Yeah. Um, I heard it also makes a great... Uh, Christmas tree ornament. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, if you're into that. Yeah. If you have Christmas trees in your house. Yeah. You want, you want it to smell like a hipster's beard oil. Yeah. Pretty much. Yes. That flannel, flannel and hipster beard. Yes. With some pumpkin spice probably mm -hmm. dashed over it a little bit too. I agree. I would, I would definitely stop and pick one of those up at mend. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really ties the kit together for the holiday season. <laughs> it sure does. Uh, rolling on to our next shop, uh, Bob Mitchell's has a brand new website. Uh, well, yeah, they've well, got a new they've got a new addition yeah. to their website. New where to the website. If, if you don't want to get off the couch to get your fly fishing gear, yeah, you can roll right over and uh, they'll they'll bring they'll deliver it to you. They will deliver it to you. Order it online and shows the UPS guy brings it to your house. I know it's starting right now with like t-shirts and hats and gloves yep. and stuff. Um, but I know Bobby's working hard on getting all the materials and everything up there too. Right. Um, and I'm sure it won't take long and, and everything will be up. <laughs> no, I'd imagine that'd probably go up pretty fast. And the nice thing is uh, about online shopping is that you're making everybody's lives just a little bit easier. And especially with the Minnesota snows we've had, you don't have an excuse to not get materials anymore. Yeah. You don't have to leave the house. You click shop, check out. It's in your, in your stuff. There's boots. Uh, you can get boots, waders, rods, reels, um, currently on there, um, and clothing. So they're going to get that all up there for you. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, definitely check it out. Bob Mitchell's fly shop.com. Um, and this is probably going to come out afterwards, but they're going to have their holiday party uh, oh, tomorrow. soon tomorrow with the grilled cheese bar. So you'll hear about this afterwards, but hopefully you were there having a good well, time. Well, our Instagram livers. Oh yeah. Instagram well, livers. We'll hear about it. Yeah. Be sure to check that out. Um, I, <clears throat> I hope Bobby's the one making uh, grilled cheese. Cause I heard he uh, flips a flips a mean piece of bread on a griddle. Everybody's good at something. Yeah. You gotta be good at something. Carf on the other hand, we're still trying to figure that, <laughs> figure that out. Absolutely um, worthless. Pretty much. Yeah. He just kind of sits there and, <laughs> <laughs> you know, wearing hoods up like that's kind of dangerous all the time, Carf. You just want to be careful, Thanks, man. It's cold. <laughs> is it cold in here? Yeah, is it's super super cold? Uh, Lunds, they have a holiday gift guide. Um, they've got a ton of ideas for stuff from socks to gloves and rods and reels and fly tie and everything. Um. Tons of ideas. I've they, noticed this year the the O Pro's third hand rod holder. Oh yeah, is, that's is a big. Is that officially out? Right. Yeah. Okay. Garf, you, you might know a little bit more about that product. You want to fill us in a little bit? Enlighten. Yeah, it's cool. It's really it's a really cool rod holder. It's convenient. Uh, the redesign of it is pretty awesome. Uh, it rotates, so it's not keeping your rod in a stationary position like the previous one they had okay uh this one you can it rotates uh 360 degrees so and those and those boys are cranking that product straight out of wisconsin too yes. right which right is there that's pretty awesome i mean having that uh within the midwest and the neighboring state the better state um over to our east a little bit so that's pretty sweet to have have nearby as well and then everybody's got uh their fly time <laughs> nights Oh, yeah. Mitchell's uh, first and third Tuesday. Yeah. And yep. then uh, the Flying Glare uh, up here in Blaine, they started theirs off. And I think they're just doing the first Wednesday of each month. So they had one this past Wednesday. And that's at Invictus Brewing um, in uh, in Blaine, which is a nice joint to hang out and tie some flies. And then I think the next one's like January 8th, maybe, mm-hmm. I think would be the date they come out. For all the northern suburban People. Yeah, if you're if you're in the North Metro and you want to come hang out, definitely come join us because uh, kind of you know it's definitely a different crowd and you know get to meet some different people and a lot of big bug guys, but uh, yeah, some solid tires and you know it's always fun to hang out with Scott and those guys from Fly Angler. And Mend has their alt church on Sundays yep. every Sunday, um, and then Lunds I believe does a Saturday fly tying. Correct. Yeah, I think that's right as well. Uh, a couple more uh, holiday gift ideas. Um, if you're on Instagram, you hopefully know about pirate fly fishing. They have a pretty sweet fly patch that uh, is probably the best way I've found to hold flies that you have fished. Um, it's got slotted foam, holds them well. They don't fall out. It's got a magnet on it for little flies and stuff. Is that the one that you've got hanging out the like the inside of your truck bed to dry flies out and stuff? Yeah, I've nice. got I've got one on my truck bed, one on my gear box, and one on my hip pack. Hip pack, nice fanny pack. 
Fanny pack. Fanny pack. Fanny packs are fine. Love it. I'm okay with it. Um, and then uh, our buddies at Betavu, they've got pretty cool stuff. Justin, yeah, <laughs> way to pitch it. Uh, we there's a bunch of sales and deals going on right now. You want to elaborate on that a little bit? Well, it's probably going to change by the time this rolls out. But there's Instagrammers watching right now. Oh yeah, right there's now. people watching on Instagram. <laughs> uh, how many are watching? Duh. All, uh, all of them. All Joe, of them Joey apparently all is <laughs> asking questions of you, Eddie. Joey's got a lot of questions for you. Naked. <laughs> yeah. Got some great questions. If Joey could put some clothes on, that'd be great. <clears throat> I just all, all he has it, on yeah. is a pair of Nikes. I thought you could see on the screen how many people were viewing it. There's Eight. nine. Oh. Someone left. Welcome. Actually, Joey's uh dropping a deuce still wet after a shower. <laughs> <laughs> he should probably take a shower again. You know, he's kind of doing that process backwards, but um, yeah, the post shower poop just kind of like negates the shower. I mean, it's, it's no way to start a day. No, start over, like get back in the shower. Yep. It's, um, yeah. It's like driving out of the car wash right into a mud puddle. Exactly. I just, I agree with Matt on this one. Yeah. The mud puddle analogy was very good. Uh, mm-hmm. It's pretty solid. So, Carf, Vetivu. Oh, yeah. Products. We're, we are having a sale currently, if anyone's around on Instagram Libraries. And we have some holiday bundles and some special pricing on new gear that's dropping daily. But we also, by the time this does drop, though, there's going to be no deals. Probably not. No, I take that back. There'll probably be some deals, but I don't know what they are. But we have some new sling packs that have an integrated net holster. Yeah. Which are pretty dope. I've seen pictures. They're pretty cool. And I'm a huge fan of mine. I've been using it. Had my cousin use it. It's awesome. And what and where can they find the packs or how how do how do people get those in their hands? Uh, they can find them online. Just our new packs are only online only. Uh, but we do also have some sling packs. I believe Mend has a few. Um, okay. And then there's another place in Wisconsin, I think Fall Line Outfitters. And um, um, what's that place? Verroca? No. no. Uh, Stevens Point. Oh, right on. Yeah. They've got a fly shop in Stevens Point now? Yeah. That place has gotten way cooler since I left college. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dick. <laughs> Back on the subject of that holster. Yes. If you bought that, you could say, I keep my net in a holster. All the girls screaming for a Justin Carf poster. I could. And then I could make a poster and then throw it at screaming girls. It'd be like your own version of Mardi Gras. I I think we just lost all of our Instagram (laughs) viewers, which I would, I'm going to make a poster. I just think that I'm going to throw it at people. That's what I thought, Matt. Like the Burnt Reynolds where he's like laying on the bearskin rug. I have a bunch of Carf. with the ping pong paddle. No, that's the that's the Archer <laughs> version, isn't it? With the ping pong paddle. I have a bunch of photos of me laying around. I, I've I've seen yeah. a handful of them. I There's don't one know of me that laying in a field of flowers. I have a couple of myself laying in front of my fireplace. I think I've seen one, one of those. Yeah, yeah there's, I've had a couple sent to me. Yeah. That one's a fan favorite. It makes you feel like all warm and cozy. Do you define nope. favorite for me? No, 
Oh, sorry. Anybody have anything else? Eddie? Eddie, you have anything cool? Yeah, oh, as far as current out. news? Yeah, yes. current news. What do you got, Eddie? What, what's I going just, on I in your area? The other day, uh, Trout Routes came out with a new, uh, you know, uh, addition, I guess. Like their, oh, like their version, version yeah. of the app? Quality website, quality app. So I think that uh, everybody who trout fishes in the Driftless and beyond should probably have that app. Have you used the app yet? Yeah. You just Is it the bomb.com? You look at it and you think of, you see cool places to fish and then you look at it and you see places where you already fish and you hope that other people don't see those same places. (laughs) Because you kind of wonder sometimes, but you just give that place a really high rating because people know that it's opposite. Like all the streams that are rated really high. You trick them. You really uh, don't, you know, yeah. they must be the bad ones. Mm-hmm. And if they're rated low, they must be the good ones. So you, you just do the opposite. Of so the it's opposite. reverse, reverse psychology. Yeah, basically. Nice. I wonder if they're uh, figuring that out on the uh, analytics or whatever they're doing um, with it, the uh, Trout Routes app yet. But uh, yeah, I've heard great things about it. I haven't used it personally yet because we've been kind of stuck in a rut of fishing the same <laughs> Same couple stretches of river over the last couple of summers, but um, I think it's definitely something we should probably check out and try out some new water, especially coming winter trout fishing coming up here soon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Trout routes. Trout routes. I'm sure uh, if you're on Apple, what is it called? iTunes is still called iTunes store. Yes. Thanks, Carve. Justin. Um, otherwise, it's the uh, Google Play store. Um and yeah, and St. Croix Peasworth also blames you, Eddie, for all nine viewers now know that trick um, of the oh, yeah. fake route, you know the fake, happens. the fake rate, the fake ratings. We can just make a wave of people doing the other thing. Pretty soon it'll be mass confusion again, and nobody will know. What Nobody's going to know. It's just going to be people running everywhere, all over the rivers, driving over bridges, drinking beers. What you do is you just carry a couple of no trespassing signs with you and just stack them up in places you don't want people to go. Cause a lot of times people will just turn around, you know, once they start to see too many, you say trespassers will be violated. So do you just randomly put up no trespassing signs on your, on the stretches of the river that you like to fish? I'm not going to say what I do or don't do, but <laughs> I will say that it's a good idea. <laughs> you, yeah, you, you can either you confirm least, nor deny. You those. at least keep the weary out. <laughs> That's fine. Has there been times where you've, possibly come too close to the line of no trespassing. Yeah, there's rules and uh, try to follow those rules. If you know, people are around as best you can. And you even try to follow them when there's not people around, but there's been times when, so, you know, if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody let me, around, let me stop, let me, stop in the woods. let me stop you for a second. So coming from <clears throat> the mouth of a law enforcement officer you really only need to follow the rules if somebody's looking or watching you. Is it, am I getting this right? I'm not, I'm not going to comment on that right now. All I'm saying is I try my best to follow the rules. Uh, like say in Minnesota, uh, you're supposed to stay in the water no matter what. And um, in a matter of life and death, I'd rather break the rules for a couple seconds and walk on shore than die. Is it the water or... <coughs> High watermark. I believe Minnesota's high watermark. No. Keep your feet wet. I think that's Wisconsin, but I might be wrong. No, Wisconsin's Wisconsin's high watermark. But if there's a 
place you need to get around, you can go on land, but you may have to do the shortest possible route to get around, say, like a super deep pool that you can't wade through. Hmm. But uh, I like exploring. I think that's one of the things I might do that would be... Rivers or life in general? Since this is the podcast about fly fishing, we're just going to talk about fly fishing. Well, you can go wherever you want, Eddie. I came here to talk about fly fishing. All right. That's fair. Um, right. any, anything new? Otherwise, I got a couple questions for Eddie. Uh, I no, I think I think we covered everything that I can think of. Um, yeah, let's let's fire away, Eddie. You ready for a couple couple hot questions coming for your way? The world to get to know. Yeah, I'm kind of excited. I feel like I'm, you know, even though some people might think of me as a legend, other people don't even know who I am. So, see that that segues nicely into my first question for you. How do you handle being so awesome? Well, uh, the uh, you try to just pretend that you're as humble as possible, and hopefully, no one notices that you're not. Okay, no, yeah, that's actually a pretty solid way of handling that. Because I mean, you catch more musky in a weekend than most people catch in their life. That's correct. That's actually a very, very fair statement. Photoshop. No, I just try really hard. Yeah. Um, you know, I've developed a system and you just kind of start doing the system and with a little luck, which I actually had a little bit of luck this past summer, the system kind of worked out. And you need to write a book. The Eddie a few fish in the boat. Dr. Rivard's system. Well, yeah. Musky system. I definitely have a list of do's and don'ts. I don't claim to be an expert, but, you know, and it's tough because you you know, even my list of don'ts kind of gets erased after a while because I'll see people doing stuff that I think is off the wall. And then I'll find out from other people that that actually works. So, like, I have the way I musky fish. But, like, last summer I was fishing with my buddy Travis, and he had this way of stripping that just I didn't really get where he'd strip once, and then he'd strip a d- different way the second time, and then he'd let it pause. And then what strip. kind of fishing trips are these? Just a float. Um I was like, what are you doing? You know, that just doesn't seem right the way you're kind of randomly stripping. Cause I'm more of like a strip, 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 you know, just very methodical, almost doing the same thing every day, all day long. And he was doing all this weird, like let the fly die. And I always think does a muskie want to chase a fly that's just sitting there dead. Well, turns out they probably do some of the time, but, you know, I, you know, all my years spent trout fishing, I'd be stripping in a streamer, seeing a trout following. And if I would think, oh, I'm just going to let the fly die and have the trout munch on it. 99.9% of the time, the trout would turn away and because it would realize something was up. And uh, <clears throat> I would kind of think muskies would do the same thing. But then I hear about people doing all kinds of crazy stuff and somehow catching a muskie. So like in the end, uh, I think you just do what you do. And eventually, uh, you know, it's like uh, there might be 10 things you can do right. And as long as you're doing three or four of those things right, you could be doing the rest of them wrong. And like muskies are so weird, they'll just bite sometimes, you know, and people get lucky. I was actually, I was talking to Matt about this earlier today. Like, in my opinion, I I truly feel like you're probably one of the hardest fishermen that 
don't know you very well, but actually no, like the amount of hours and stuff that you spend on, you know, spend on the rivers and yeah, actually I mean, out fishing, it is in truly incredible. Um, and, and I fish a lot, but there's, I mean, we yeah. definitely haven't racked the hours that you have, you know, over the past couple of summers. And I was just curious, like, do you log like how many hours that you've actually spent fishing or like how many days on the water? Right. No, I can't say I do. Uh, I think if I did, I'd probably feel guilty at the end of the summer. Like, oh man, I really spent <laughs> a lot of days not doing things I probably should have been doing. So it's almost better just to just do your best every week. And then, uh, you know, just kind of take it one day at a time. And Do you, do you have a goal like <clears throat> during the summer, if really, you know, you're sitting there and talking like, oh, I want to try and get out two to three days a week or is it, oh, I realize I have an eight hour opening in my day. Let's throw the canoe on the car and I'm going to go out fishing. Yeah. And that canoe is like, I mean, you got that thing dialed. Yeah. With the riggers and everything. Custom seating. I just try to make plans with, you know, it's, I, I know I usually know what days I have off in advance and have a lot of weekdays off. And I just try to have friends that also have weekdays off whether they're retired or, you know, young and they haven't really started working yet, or, you know, just some other friends, they just have weird schedules where they have days off. And, you know, I have law enforcement friends that have a lot of weird weekdays off. So I'm always just trying to look at the week, look at the weather, make a plan, you know, have something in place. And, you know, there's so much, I don't really look at it as days in the water, but I look at it as look at all these rivers. I don't know which rivers are good and which rivers are bad. I want to try them. And I'm willing to roll the dice because more often than not, you're at least going to catch something. And then, you know, I know it's in that eight mile stretch of river from this bridge to this bridge now. And yep. I, yep. and I just have, I have that. And that's a lot more than a lot of people have. And I like going places that nobody else goes. I like seeing things that, you know, have, haven't been seen in a while, or I bet there's a few bends that I fished last summer that didn't get fished by anybody else. And that makes me feel really good. Cause uh, it just makes me feel like Maybe I am a baller, you know? You I would, uh, no, I would agree with that. I mean, a lot of us get kind of stuck in these ruts of, well, I know there's fish here, so I'm just going to go fish that. Or, you know, constrict on time too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, like I, like I said, I I applaud that the amount of time and effort that you put on the rivers. You definitely deserve every one of those fish that uh, you pulled out last summer or the summers previous. I mean, it's... Even, you know, I, I feel like what I've seen in kind of a transition, just being an Instagram whore myself, um, you, I feel like you used to be like a, probably not used to be is not the right word. You used to do a lot of like brook trout fishing and you used to post big some of these trout. big brook trout. And I've always wondered like, <laughs> where does Eddie find these monster brookies? Cause they're gorgeous. And everybody wants to find monster brookies like that. But after hearing you talk about muskies, I'm assuming it's probably similar. You're going, you're, you're hitting the rivers. You're going out as much as you can. And you're going to the places where most people don't go or don't want to venture that far away from a bridge or away from a, a pullout or, or something along those lines. Well, here's, I mean, here's part of it too. It's like, say if a guy, you know, has a family and kids, you know, it happens. A lot of guys make that mistake <laughs> and you might only have four days that summer where you get to fish. And this is a, you know, you got a Saturday coming up. This is your one day that month 
where you get to go out and fish. Are you going to roll the dice on shit Creek? Right. Or are you going to go to a place where, you know, you'll at least be able to have that feeling of a, like a fish on the end of your line, or at least have a pretty good chance. Cause you don't want to go home to your wife and kids. Daddy, daddy, what did you catch? I didn't catch anything. And then you got your kids and your wife thinking you're pathetic. And and then that's going to last a whole month till you fish again. Yeah, so that's true. That's like a huge thing where at least if you catch one little fish, you can say, I did it. I did it, son. I'm a man. <laughs> you know, but if you fail, you're done. But I can go and fail and I'll just fish the next day. You know, you do have I, that. I you do have that power. Three days in a row on the fourth day, catch one fish and, you know, I did all right. And I don't even have a family to think I'm pathetic. I have nobody to go home to. I just have Instagram. And if you don't catch any fish on a, you know, on a day, you just don't post to Instagram that day. It's like you never even fished. Or you just post a f- fish you caught two days ago and just say it's from that day. There's a lot of that well, that goes that's, on. That's, I'm not Micah Kreider. So fair. I'm just gonna, Very I'll fair. Just, let's leave it at that. <laughs> I post fish that I catch that day. I don't like save fish for days to make up for the days where I didn't catch anything to keep my Instagram flow kind of rolling. If I don't catch a fish for a month, I don't post a fish. I don't keep on trickling crap out every other day just to kind of like keep my followers no, happy. Never? No, actually never. No. Yeah. Awesome. I appreciate that, Eddie. I appreciate that. And no honesty. disrespect to Mike. I love his I love his work. So how do you feel about posting a fish one year later? That has I, never seen the gram. I think after a year you can do whatever you want. Cool. But I, I think it's really weird because I, I have I know people. One month after they catch a fish, they'll do a throwback Thursday. Dude, you just posted that fish a month ago. How bad do you need attention? So I think that's like you should get your Instagram taken away for three months on your first violation, two years on your second. Are you thinking that we should start an Instagram jail for uh, bad fish photos? Well, it's, it's, I think this is a good time to do a little segue. Um, there's a little project I've been working in, working on called the uh, truth and hashtag act. So I've heard about that. One of the things oh, that yeah. this Musky, is Musky on, the fly. on Instagram yeah, is uh, on the fly. somebody will catch a brown trout and they'll have like 75 hashtags following that. And there'll be a brook trout hashtag and a rainbow trout hashtag. And then, Oh, they caught that brown on the vermilion, but yet they still tag driftless. Oh, that's very interesting. Cause it's not even in the, in the driftless. Uh, and then also my biggest pet peeve is when somebody catches a muskie on gear and then posts muskie on the fly hashtag. And you know that they didn't catch it on a fly. So I think there should be penalties. And I'm, I've been working with Cong- the congressman and we got a bill, you know, it's going to be going through committee here pretty soon. And are you just start at the state level now or are, we gonna, yeah. are you going straight gonna up? Go to- well, we're going to do the state level <laughs> first, but so hopefully in the, 2021 in Minnesota, if you, you know, post stupid hashtags, you will have to face the long arm of the law. That's a the, that's the wrath a, of Officer Rivard. It's not a bad idea. Um, you know, I definitely since you've started that campaign, I've been more, you know, conscious about because, you know, you're, you're sitting there tagging stuff and every now and then you accidentally you're like, oh, Driftless just like pops up. I'm like, nope, that wasn't in the Driftless. We're going to remove that one or. Um, you know, carp on the fly when we're catching carf, shiners. Carp on the fly. Carp on the fly. He doesn't fish though. No one's ever caught me. <laughs> and you don't really fly fish. You only tinkara fish. Tinkarfa. tinkarfa. Sorry. Hashtag tinkarfa. 
That that was one of the better memes that 3BT has ever put out. Yeah, it needs to be a t-shirt. Yeah, bitch. Yeah, that's probably a good, probably a pretty good idea. Um, the hashtags, hashtags, Eddie, hashtag jail, hashtag police. Watch it, people. You could end up in hashtag jail. Sheriff. Sounds like Eddie's running for sheriff. No. No, not that. Nope. So uh, F- FBI. <laughs> Just Ooh. don't post stupid hashtags and you won't have to have me hate you. Yeah. Have you ever blocked somebody for having a bad hashtag? No, but I've called them out on it publicly. Yeah. I think I've taken down a couple companies. Companies. You know? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. You know, I have a Eddie's army, my, you know, Instagram followers. You piss me off. You piss off about 40,000 people. 40,000. That's, like that's that. a yeah. strong army. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. We will get you. Wow. They'll find you. We will stop buying your stuff. Well, that's fair. I mean, that's something to think about and consider before messing around on Instagram that way. Mm-hmm. So do you have a fish from 2019 that like is the fish? Like the one that you remember the most? Well, I, I did finally break the 40-inch uh, muskie barrier. So that was... Uh, very happy moment. Was that a river muskie? Yeah. So I was, we're just going to say I was up north and I was on a river with a buddy. We hadn't caught anything all day. We were out, we were out in his John boat. And all of a sudden I was stripping my fly in and there was a muskie that swiped at it right as I pulled it out of the water. So I put the fly back in the water and started doing the figure eight and it came back, and all of a sudden I had a muskie on. And shortly after I saw that muskie go into the net, and I screamed so loud, my voice was like sore for the next three or four days. From one fish. From one scream. Wow. So, you know, I'm I'll be honest, we didn't measure it, but you know, uh you could look at the picture and judge for yourself. But I just know it was at least over 40. So I'm just gonna say that was over 40 and I've caught a lot of fish that weren't over 40. So Joey wants to know, have you ever tased someone? No, no, I've not done that yet. Have I, you I been tased? Nope. Um, for whatever reason, like at the school I went to, we, uh, like they would have had to buy extra insurance if we would actually get tased All during the training that. process. So they decided not to. And um, it's, I think, and then also like where I work now, if you, you know, they had more problems, not with people getting injured from the tasers, but when you get tased and then two guys lower you to the ground, people were getting their shoulders, you know, their rotator oh. cuffs torn from being lowered to the ground by two other people after they got tased. So they're just going to, they just kind of said, you know what, we're going to not do this anymore. So well, Joey has offered to be your first tase. Yeah. He'll, just, he'll pop your tase, Jerry. I'm not really too worried about it. He said, bring your taser tomorrow. He can bring his. and Oh, he has one too? I don't know. I'll have to get one. <clears throat> I do. Actually, here's here's legit one. We have one from uh, one of our Instagram friends here. Uh, tips on fly fishing from a canoe. and Because uh, you are the canoe master. Okay, so canoe. I was actually planning on talking about this. So, uh, you know, I grew up fishing out of a canoe. My dad used to take me to the boundary waters, you know, two to three times a summer. I was really I was really lucky in that regard. And, uh, you know, I like canoeing. I think it's a great way to explore. 
But what I hated about canoeing and fishing from a canoe is you're sitting in the canoe, you're twisting. By the end of the day, you, your back hurts. Uh, it just gets annoying after a while. So there was a time about three or four summers ago, I was up north with a buddy. We were fishing one of these, you know, brook trout lakes, you know, somewhere by the boundary waters. My buddy's dad had a canoe. He had these stabilizer floats on his canoe so we could stand up and fish. And there was a moment where all three of us were standing up, casting fly rods in a lake, fishing for trout. And I thought, this is like the greatest thing ever. So you've been fly fishing for a long time. Yeah, since about 2007. But so once I, you so know, not that long, but a while. Long enough. Um, because we already established your well into your, your 40. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I fished a lot since 2007. So, I mean, I probably fished more in these 12 years than guys who started fly fishing in 1986. Like, did you fish when you were a little kid? Fished all the time. Just not fly riding? Yeah, fishing. just gear. Gear fishing. It's a good way to uh, get started. Sure is. It's a gateway drug. Yeah, it really was. Uh, I, I fished a lot when I was a kid. And I, it was really, uh, I, you know, I like to say that it kept me out of trouble. <clears throat> but, you know, back in these floats, just so I Sorry. get done talking with this about this thing. Sorry to digress. So I, I knew that I, I knew I wanted these floats because I, I, could, I could see at that time, you know, I'd been in a few buddies drift boats and I, I could see that that was a good way to explore rivers. But I didn't have a drift boat. I had a canoe and I just knew that I'd be able to make it work where you could basically use a canoe as a two man drift boat and go on any river you wanted to go on. And I just thought it'd be so cool to stand up in front of the canoe with complete balance, not having, not having to worry about the canoe tipping and being able to fish and, you know, have the other guy in the back controlling the canoe. And so I, I bought these floats from uh, springcreek.com. That's the company that sells them. And you could make your own, I'm sure, but the floats you can buy from uh, Spring Creek and up in uh, Mountain Iron, Minnesota, they make a really good product. I think usually it's between $350 and $400. So they're not cheap, but they just open up such a you know range of possibilities. And I've really, I've taken my canoe on rivers that, um, you know, most people wouldn't fish on. And are those... <clears throat> Are those like a universal mounting system or is that, or do you order it based on the type of canoe that you have? So I just had to make one measurement. I had to basically measure the widest part of my canoe. Okay. Which I think on my canoe is 32 or 33 inches. And then basically that bracket ends up being that length when they send it to you. And I think you could tell them any length. Okay. And if you, you know, I could have a canoe that's smaller than mine and it would still work. But I couldn't have a down. canoe that's wider than mine. Okay. And then if it was smaller, then they just kind of be sticking out more than they needed to be. So is it a, a clamp system that goes kind of on the gunnel of the canoe or do you have to drill any kind of holes? No, there's no holes in it. It just kind of clamps on. Okay. So that's pretty awesome. It works really good. And it's just like, a, you know, I'll take somebody out who's never done it before. And there's always like this weird first half hour where even if, even if I fished first and they saw me standing up fishing, they're really nervous to stand up and fish. And, but you know, after about a half an hour or so, 
they're standing up and fishing. And then you can see like a, a moment where they forget that they're in a canoe. And all they know is that they're standing up fishing and they feel like they're, you know, completely balanced, completely safe. And they're fishing and they're enjoying themselves. And I've actually had three friends that have went with me who, after they fished with me, have went out and bought canoes and bought the stabilizers. So I think that's kind of a testament nice. to how well the system works. You should be on their pro staff. You know, I should be, but. So uh, Wilderness Bill says, what are your bucket list fly fishing destinations? Top three. Where would you like to fish? <sighs> Anywhere in the world. You know, I, I was just thinking the other day, I really want to go up to the Sutton River that flows into the Hudson Bay. And I want to fish for, uh, you know, brookies. I think that'd be a really cool place to go. And uh, I want to fish over in the Sea of Cortez for the rooster fish. I want to do that running down the man thing. I've seen some, Insta uh, some you know, videos of that. And it just seems like the coolest thing ever. That'd be an awesome experience. Absolutely. Like almost as cool as catching a muskie on the fly. It's right up there. So, and you've done that two or three times. Done it a few times. So is that is, this week? That's your number one though. Like muskie on the fly currently. I don't know. I yeah, mean, that's currently. what gets you jazzed up the most currently. Yeah. Doing the old uh, running down the man thing. I think it would be pretty cool though. And I'm still young. I'm still pretty. I still hit hard. I'm in the best shape of my life. I could still run down the man. I'm pretty sure. Looking good. But so, uh, go ahead. Trying to think of a third one. Um, there's a lot of rivers. Um, I would say the third one would just be like any river within 100 miles of the Twin Cities that I haven't floated. I was just looking today at, uh, you know, some different, you know, the Zumbro River in southern Minnesota. That's a system that I'm, I've done some fishing on. I've done, I've had some good luck. I've had some bad luck. But there's like eight branches of the Zumbro that need yeah. to be explored. It's like, oh, there's the North Fork of the Middle Branch. It's like, what is that? Right. You know, and uh, <laughs> I just think that next summer, I'll probably just figure out which fork of what branch is the coolest, you know? Yeah. And I, I kind of want to just go to every fork and every branch. And it could take like a two weeks of messing around. But then I could say, I've fished every inch of every branch of the Zumbro River system. And then I'd feel like a real badass. Yeah, I mean, you are a badass. Well, and I don't know how many times Matt and I have driven over the Zumbro, and every time we drive over it, we look at each other and say, we should probably try fishing that, or we've heard there's really good fishing in that section or or, or that kind of, and it's just one of those rivers we always just, because we're always going down to southeastern Minnesota to go trout fishing, just look at the Zumbro, and we're like, ah, just keep driving. But that's Eddie's water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I kind of have this theory. So a lot of guys that get into fishing. Oh yeah. For the women, of course. Yeah. for That's exactly it. So you grow up fishing, you know, and all of a sudden it's like you get to a certain level of fishing and a certain level of having some money in life. And you, you think, well, what do I need? I need a boat. I need to get the biggest, baddest boat around. So you get this boat and all of a sudden, like, you're not going to go on the Zumbro with your bass boat. You know, you, you all of a sudden, you all of a sudden limited yourself to fishing big lakes. Yep. And maybe some bigger rivers. If you want to buy new props every now and then. <laughs> yeah. Or lower units. You know, I mean, and there's also guys that have like a, you know, a river pro or a jet boat that can go to some like random weird places, but still like 
you're taking your $40,000 boat down a rock filled river and there's going to be expense in that. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's like, you're doing good, obviously. And you're probably catching fish, but you're just not going to go to some of these places I go where these fish haven't seen a fly or a lure all summer long. I just feel like, you know, I might not be the best fisherman, but they, they have nothing to compare it to. Like, I don't have to fool a fish that knows everything. I just have to fool the dumbest fish around. And, you know, my fish might not average, you know, 40 inches, you know, I don't really mind catching a 20 inch muskie, you know, or 25 or a 33, especially like in a smaller river. Like, wow, it's like 36. You know, there's a lot of guys like if you never caught a muskie, any muskie is like the coolest thing you ever did. And even like, uh, you know, 28 inch pike, I'm, I'll take it. Yeah. You know, especially, uh, you know, it's better than a fishless day. So, and I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about muskie today. Um, I know for a while you were big into the night fishing mousing game for brown trouts and you did pretty well with that. Yeah. It's just, I, I think that it's kind of just a matter of getting out there and doing it. It's, it's a tough thing to kind of get over the fact that you're walking around in the dark, you know, with your rod and, and Sasquatch. Sasquatch. I've definitely heard things that I kind of question, you know, what is that sound? And I listen to a lot of uh, like alternative, you know, sources of information where like Sasquatch has been a lifetime interest of mine. I can't say I've had any sightings, but yeah, you never know. You've never ran into the squad. No. No, can't do you believe that. though that you've heard the squatch? You know, I can't say I for sure have, but I'm not above doing a wood knock to see if I get an answer back. You know, that's fair. That's fair. I appreciate that. Um, turns we, out we're not the only ones. No, we, he's out there. I, mean, oh, I know what yeah, a wood knock sure. is. I mean, not everybody knows that. No. So describe a wood knock for it's those like a, who you don't take know. a big log and you bash it against a tree. Cause there's only, that's a sound that no other animal in the forest can make, but an animal like a human being or a Sasquatch. So and that, and then what usually happens? Well, you don't get an answer back, but so there was Why one not? time I was hiking up in a, there's like a Northern section of wild river state park up by Taylor's falls. And I wanted to get to like this lost section of this goose Creek. And it was just kind of like, this is where I wanted to go. And I was going through the woods and I still had my dog at the time. And all of a sudden I heard like a big like branch break. And I thought there's not a whole lot of things that can make us that big of a branch break. Either that branch just broke randomly or it was a bear or it was a cougar or it was, you know, the man. The squatch. Yeah, basically. So that was one of the times in my life where the hair stood up on the back of my you know, had, I guess. And I just ran out of that woods as fast as I could. Cause I just didn't feel right, but I can't say what it was. So mm. I'm just as afraid of a cougar or, uh, you know, bear as I am a squatch. And you know, I've heard, I've heard people say like squatches when people have ran into them, a lot of them aren't even that, uh, hostile, you know, they might want to be your friend. Yeah. <clears throat> so we'll see what happens. Maybe off your little, little fur to tie fly with. Yeah, or some beef jerky. Or some beef. <laughs> yeah, you never you never know. Um, I got a, another kind of fishy question for you, speaking of brown trout. Um, I know you do also enjoy harvesting trout. I've eaten my fair share of trout. What what's your you know, what's your go to recipe? What's your what's your favorite way to 
prepare trout, whether it be Brookies, Rainbows, or, or Browns, or, you or know, do you have a preferred, or do you have a preferred to trout to eat? Yeah. You know, I'm, I mainly like to keep brown trout because I have, I have absolutely zero guilt in keeping any brown trout because I, I feel, although I, I like them and I think they're a great fish, they are not native. Correct. And they must be destroyed. So, especially if they're in a stream that has... You, that you has, understand this podcast is brown <laughs> trout and British beer. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know, if you're the kind of guy that drinks the beers, you'd probably enjoy some brown trout with those beers, I guess. But I more or less think you're not going to eliminate them as a species by eating a few. So only brook trout in Eddie's world. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll eat them too, but... But I mean, as far as what should, I don't feel what should guilty. be swimming in the river. Yeah, I think that's like, it's a native fish. And, uh, you know, just if you, if you got to have a place where you, if you're going to be able to keep a fish and not feel guilty, anybody should be able to keep any brown trout and not feel guilty. I don't care how big or small it is. So how would you cook one? Sometimes I smoke them and sometimes I'll just uh, cook them like I would a walleye. I'll just... You know, gut it, roll it up in, uh, you know, like frying magic and uh, fry it in oil. And then I eat, I eat the whole, I eat it with the skin. So I'll eat the skin and I'll just like put it in my mouth and like pull this, pull the uh, meat right off the bones with my teeth. Yeah. And get that crispy skin on too. Brookies are good that way too. If you get small brookies, they fry up with a nice little crispy skin on them. You really want to get like the, uh, like a 14 inch brookie. The kind that can really like mate and breed and, you know, replenish the stream with youth. Cause those ones, they just something about them. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they got a little better taste I out of them. Like, you know, sometimes it's like, Hey, we got three guys here. We can keep 15 of these 14 inch brookies, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> you know, we're only going to do it three or four times a summer. So that's not that big of a deal. <laughs> You're not going to put a dent in the population. No, not at all. So not another question here for you. Um, you know, at what, what keeps you, let's take, let's take muskies out the table for a second. What keeps you fly fishing? You know, when, what do you, what do you think of this new generation of meat chuckers coming to the world, the fly fishing world, especially the Midwestern area? You know, how do you feel about that? Well, we'll do one question at a time. So what keeps me fly fishing? Uh, you know, it's fun. You know, it's more fun than anything else, you know, as far as what are you going to do with your day off? Um, it's more fun than gear fishing and it's more fun than going on a hike in the forest. For you, what makes it more fun than gear fishing? I just think it's more of a challenge. You know, it's more of a connection. Like when you're fighting a fish and you're holding the line in your hand versus letting the real, you know, peel off drag. And then even like the casting of it, like when you're casting a fly rod, I, I often compare it to swinging a golf club and hitting the perfect ball. And like when you do these, these 12 things right and not do the 12 things wrong and your cast goes where it's supposed to go, like that in itself is a major victory. Like a yeah. perfect cast is like a, you know, 250 yard drive right. around the middle of the fairway. You just did everything right. And that doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen every time, but the more you practice, the more you're going to have these perfect casts. Yep. And if you can float down a river 
and hit every spot you want to hit, you know, within, you know, a few inches and you're doing that for an hour straight without somehow getting your, you know, fly caught in a tree. You've already, you've already, uh, like you're already halfway there. I mean, you already had a good day. Right. Cause this is like, you're, I mean, even without catching a fish, you're still putting on a clinic and whether it's just you doing that by yourself, you know, walking up a stream yeah, or you're with two buddies and they're watching you and they're like, wow, you really know your shit. And I think that feels good. It's, you know, it's kind of like just, it's fun being good at stuff. Yeah. No, I hear that. I would, I would, I track with that. So following up on that, <clears throat> what do you think the new generation of flat build me chucking fly fishers out there? No, I actually think it's really awesome. Uh, you know, there's, there's always a part. I think we all have like a hater within us. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, not, Judgmental. All, all and of uh, it's like, you got your hater on one shoulder and your nice guy on the other shoulder. Yep. And they're each trying to talk to you. Right. And it's kind of like, who am I going to listen to? But in the end, anybody who fishes, like, I don't, I don't think there's any guy that fishes that doesn't like to fish. Oh, right. There's a lot of other things you can do with your time. So just, just in that, you know, it's a, Hey, Hey, bra, you like to fish. I like to fish. Yeah. There's probably a friendship in there. You know, I've often, there's very few fly fishermen that I can't at least talk to for five minutes because we just have such a huge thing in common. We're both choosing to try to do something in not the most effective way. Like there's easier ways right. to catch a fish. Oh yeah, absolutely. And we've both chosen a really kind of hard way to do it. So just in that, you're like, Hey man, we're already half brothers. Yeah. You know, like my mom screwed your dad, but we have different, you know, I have another mom and you have another, right. whatever, yep. you know, it's just, so we're half brothers already. Let's just see if there's any more connection there. And like, you know, um, like, so yeah, they do have a flat bill and they have an Instagram and some might think that, you know, to this guy, it's all about the gram, but that's just the new generation of people. And I kind of feel good. Like I, I'm glad I didn't have to worry about Instagram when I was 21. Oh yeah. Me neither. I would not have survived. Just, I would have like died in high school had I had to worry about likes on Facebook. So this new generation, they all of a sudden have this huge, like mountain of crap in their face and there's going to be mistakes made. People are going to do stupid hashtags. Oh, yeah. But that's why you have an older guy who kind of knows his shit and says, hey, man, you didn't catch that fish in the driftless. And first of all, that's a rainbow trout. Don't take brown trout because that ain't cool, bro. You know what I mean? But that that guy's going to learn. He's going to, you know, there'll be two years down the road. He's going to be posting a, you know, 26 inch brown that he did catch somewhere in the driftless. And you're going to be like, dude. I actually kind of want to be your friend now. Sorry, I was a prick, you know, so just don't be a prick. Let these kids do what they got to do and don't uh, nitpick too much. Cause you know, I believe that children are the future. Teach them well, let them lead the way, you know? Well said, show them all the beauty they possess inside. So what's your favorite fish species of fish to fish for? Oh, you know, there's a lot of fish. There are. Um, I mean, Minnesota's got, what's it? Oh, is there, is it, is it triples? I mean, you have to remove like all the little mini like shads and minnows and shit. Right? Why do you have to remove the small fish? 
We're not talking about small fish tour yet. If you put headphones in, we'll talk about a small fish tour. But tell that headphones. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, plenty of plenty of species of fish in the Midwest. Um, again, I'm going to ask that we take muskie off the table. What's uh, what's your number uno, numero uno? So you know, I grew up. Uh, I grew up in Taylor's Falls, Minnesota. Like for the first uh, 19 years of my life. Probably 75% of the fish I ever caught were out of the St. Croix River. I could see the St. Croix from my bedroom window. And uh, the beauty of a river like that is you go to it and uh, you can easily have like a seven species day just by the simple act of fishing. And, you know, I've, so, you know, I've really always been attracted to the variety of fish we catch here. I mean, and I, and I, it's kind of a cop answer to say my favorite fish is the fact that we can catch any fish we want or that you never know what you're going to pull in that day. But if I had to choose a favorite fish, uh, I don't really know. Uh, it's too many. There's a lot of fish, there's a lot of fish, and there's a lot of good memories with each fish, <clears throat> but you know, I, I think Pike, you know, they're right up there. You know, I'm actually pretty excited that you said that. I think Pike are a very underrated, uh, fish. Um, they fight hard as hell. They're spastic. And uh, you know what? They taste really good. Yeah. I'm a big <laughs> I'm a big eater of pike. Especially, you know, a couple of years ago, Minnesota made this thing where in the central zone, you can keep 10 pike. Yeah. Eight under 22 inches or, you know, and only two above 26 inches. Or you can keep 10, 20 inch pike. And if you know how to fillet a fish and if you know how to make pickled pike. Yep. And you know, a place where you can go and catch 10, 21 inch pike. You got a lot of pickled pike in your fridge, you know? And, and it, it's like, it's not even just like a now thing. I remember being a kid. It's like, wow, if you could like, if you're a 12 year old kid and you catch a three pound Northern, you're pretty much King for the, you oh, know, you're yeah. telling people about that fish two summers later. Yep. And uh, even still, it's like, I think just think they're kind of cool. Um, they're a cool fish. They smell like shit, but they, uh, it's a cool slimy fish. bastards. They are. So yeah, if there could be one fish, I, I would say might as well just make it pike. Cause you know, they're easier than musky and, uh, they taste good. It tastes great. Tastes great. Absolutely. Um, Matt, do you have a question? I do, but they're not fishing related. So well, if we have, any I, I have, a, I have a couple, a couple more fishing. I like the fish. Question. I feel like when I get a fish question, I can just answer it, and I don't have to sit and pause and worry about what people are going to think of me. So, oh, there's I want to talk about fishing because that's the one thing in my life that I haven't screwed up somehow. Yet, um, I I want to ask a couple questions about brook trout fishing, um, just because I kind of hold you up to this tier of being quality brook trout fisherman. Um, what is your, I, I know it all depends on time of the year, um, whatever that's happening. Uh, what's your preferred method of, of fishing for brook trout? Um, are you, are you a nymph guy? Um, are you trying to swing wet flies? Um, and if you are like, what's your, what's your technique uh, most of the time, if there is a most of the time for, for when you go out targeting, Let's call it targeting big brook trout. 
So I would say like, you know, you're fishing small streamers that, you know, small weighted streamers anywhere from like the size of a superior X legs to, uh, you know, size two woolly bugger. Okay. And you're having it be weighted enough so that when you cast it and it hits the water, it sinks. Okay. And then you can, whenever you want to start stripping, that's how deep you're going to be fishing. Okay. And brookies are so stupid. They'll just eat it. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, so that's kind of, that's it, you know, and, uh, so much of brookie fishing is figuring out rivers where, you know, a trophy population of brook truck could exist. Okay. How do you figure this out? Well, there's many ways to do so. And, you know, what I found is find other dudes who have a passion for pursuing trophy brook trout and like get into their, that inner circle of people and, uh, Putting GPS units on their cars. No, just like, you know, have friends that share that passion that you can go on a, you know, we like, we call them death marches. Yeah. You got a section of river and that's eight miles between bridges and you got a guy that's willing to go the distance with you. Right. Cause it's tough. Like I've done, you know, miles between bridges, marches on my own. And that's bushwhacking too, especially in brook trout It could be bushwhacking, but it's just dangerous. Like, you're going to run into a mountain lion, you know, you're going to run into deep water. You know, you're going to, what if you do break your leg and you're out of cell phone service? So you get a buddy that's willing to go on an all day hike and possibly not catch any fish. I have a buddy who gets scared if there's a couple cows in the field and it's getting dark. Out. Yeah, I've, I've been there. And the coyotes are hooting like 50 yards off your back. I just want back. somebody to like drag my body out of there or at least tell people like he's pretty much in here. Like that's where he is. That's where you we'd, can find Most of them we'd is push, in this we'd area. we push you in the river and let you drift downstream. We do in those uh, the, the Viking funerals where you can yeah. put you on a pile of logs and light you on fire. You have to shoot the arrow. You have yeah. to shoot the, you have to push him down river. And that then sounds like some Braveheart shit. And if you no, miss, it's, uh, it just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> have you missed before you haven't no you haven't. but i've played it in my head a few times and it's pretty funny well i'm so gonna if you were gonna go justin how would you go oh i've said this a num- number of times i would i want to go out like fighting a grizzly bear eddie you know i was just on this track of talking about brook trout so i'm just gonna finish what i was saying answer um, the question okay uh fighting a pike yeah, you know, I don't know. I just oh, geez. Threw, I was so on the track off. of talking about book right, trial. Right. We're talking about Forget book my question. Go back to book trial. No, let's. So let's I just do didn't that. want to sound like an idiot, and if I can actually talk what I'm thinking about. All right, book yeah, trial. Chance that sounded smart. So we'll got, get back to the funeral. You thing, got right? a buddy that yeah, is you find a good buddy through the bushes. that'll go through the shit with you. You know, I have I have buddies. Most of my best brook trout fishing buddies are gear guys, and uh, they're just something about a gear guy. It's just it got a little rougher on the edges and they're willing to go through this shit. And a lot of fly guys, they just don't have that edge to them. And you got to, and I think when you're going in to the shit and you're, you have your little fairy wand, you want a guy with a howitzer backing you up. And that's kind of what we got when we got the fly guy and the gear guy going up the river together. No, I, I, I get that because when I go um, brook trout fishing like early spring with Ash's grandpa, he's out there with his Rapala and Panther Martin or the Panther Martin. And he's, I don't know, he's 83, 84 now. And we're 
all of a sudden like hiking back, bushwhacking through stuff, you know, and I'm sitting there trying to weave my fly pole in between all these trees and he's just waiters on just hucking through like, aren't you, aren't you here yet? And then he's just throwing out and just I, I think, ripping rookies I think had, left and right. It, that episode might not have aired yet, but we talked about fly pole. Oh, do, I, fly do pole. I have to punch you in the throat again? Yeah, I know. I know. I did say the it's fly pole. pole. Again. It's a fly rod. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I said bait. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Bait. I think it was bait. I said the word bait. So bait fly. You bait and bait fly, fly, pole. fly poles. Yeah. God damn it. I know. Too much gear stuff. Who, uh, we need the. I got to find a new fishing buddy. Yeah, that's probably. Well, I mean, we can spark that conversation up again one of these days. But um, no, I like I said, Eddie, I, I do agree with you. Like those guys bushwhack and dive deep to find, like you're saying, trophy brookies. And there's, uh, you know, there's going to be spots where they can effectively fish it where you couldn't. Absolutely. And then, you know, probably going to be spots where you can fish where they might not be able to fish. And also when you see a guy tossing a size nine Panther Martin, you're, you're more inclined to say, I'm going to fish with a size two, you know, woolly bugger that weighs about a quarter ounce, Yeah, you know, and I know I'm not going to spook these fish. Because if they're going after that Panther Martin, they're going to go after any woolly bugger. And the more wildly I can jig it, you know, this is just going to happen. So there's just a different mentality that kind of, you know, comes about and you can just kind of, you do what you got to do. But also, like if you can find a river that has brook trout that also has chubs, there's going to be a really good chance that you're going to find bigger ones. Uh, So that's kind of one thing. There has to be a forage base where, you know, the brookies can get big once they start eating the smaller fish. The only problem is it's a really, uh, you know, there's got to be several factors in place where chubs, where the water is cold enough for brookies, but still warm enough where it'll support chubs. Cause there's certain times when it's just not going to happen. And I don't really know what makes that happen. All I know is that it does happen from time to time. And when it does happen, it's really good. Other than that, you know, just getting to holes that haven't been fished by some other guy that likes to keep huge trout. And sometimes you got to walk a long ways to find maybe a spot where over the last three or four years, there was a brook trout that somehow was able to eat enough food to get really big. Right. So, you know, you're not going to find them under a, like a bridge in a common spot most of the time because they're dumb enough fish where they're going to eat pretty much anything they see. So I don't know. It's just a kind of, there's a, a couple different factors where if you're doing those things, you'll probably have a better chance of catching a big brookie. Fair enough. I mean, I, th- I think those are good things to go by. How's the M&M's Eddie? Yeah. So yeah, I re- appreciate this. You know, when you asked me to do this podcast, I said, I want a bowl of green M&M's and you came through. Hey, that's uh, even got your name on it. Yeah, I know. I wanted to be a diva. Yeah, it's not too bad. That was that was actually uh, Mark's root beer and green M and M's. Hey, that's those are actually pretty ass, pretty easy ass. I want to know who sorted out all the red ones. Uh, my wonderful wife sitting downstairs right now. Wow, thank you. And we've asked numerous times where all the red ones went, um, because I want some red ones, but I don't Mm. think she's going to show those. You won't see those. The phone said we have fifteen percent battery life left. That's impressive. That is um, still cranking. Um, yeah. I do. I did have a, a quick follow up on 
Um, as far as fly fishing stuff related, there's been some talk in the fly fishing community around the Western Driftless area that you've become kind of this titan of the fly fishing blog, um, you know, industry. A lot, of, world. a lot of good videos. Lately. A lot of great videos, a lot of good posts. Um, you've had a blog for a while, haven't you? Yeah. And your writing yeah. is, is on, on point for, for what people want to read around the area. What, you know, what got you to that point? Where do you get your inspiration? Um, you know, how does that all come together for you? All right. Well, I, um, started my blog in 2014, but before that, there was a site called driftlesstroutanglers.com that I probably, I probably stumbled upon that site in maybe 2011. It's the site's still there. There's a, you know, a pretty good group of guys that kind of post on this forum because before Facebook and Instagram, all that stuff, there was these forums on the internet. And that's kind of where you'd go to f- find people with similar interests. So on that site, I would do these, like I'd, every once in a while, I'll do a trip report or I'd put a couple pictures up and maybe put some words to go along with those pictures. And yep. I, I've, I've read those on that driftless trout um form oh. or that's where I first came got oh, that's to where know you first Eddie. got to yeah kind of see the guy so anyway I, you know <laughs> I have guy so you know man. um so back in high school you know you take a writing class and your teacher would say okay you have to write this paper and it's got to be three pages long double space 12 point font and I always thought that was such a weird thing like I, I just want to say what I want to say I don't want to have to make it a certain length. Yeah. I don't want to have to have a certain amount of words. And I just think that's the dumbest thing. And that was always like the worst thing about writing to me. So when I got to a point, you know, 10 years later, when I finally decided, you know, I think I might be able to write some words to go along with these pictures. And I, it felt so good to be able to write. And it didn't have to be three pages long. You could just write until you ran out of words. Yeah. So at that moment, I felt, you know, I can actually feel good about writing and not feel like I'm doing a bad job. So I would just kind of write and maybe not try to be funny, but, you know, I'm pretty, I feel like I am have a decent sense of humor. So I write, maybe sometimes things are funny. And uh, I would say most of the time they're funny. Absolutely. I just, I try to keep the quality up. Oh yeah. But uh there was a, there, it got to a point where at one point somebody said, you should have a blog. And I thought, well, well, I mean, I've seen other blogs. I've seen some good ones. I've seen some bad ones. I'm sure mine could at least be somewhere in the middle. So I started my blog and, uh, you know, mo- it's 90% probably trip reports of, I went here this day. I caught, you know, we w- walked up here. I caught this fish. I was so happy. You know what I mean? Well, and that was your, your shtick was happy. Yeah. Wow. Always happy. Happy something. <laughs> Good time. Good time. Well, I, and that, that's, that's what I always enjoyed because a lot of times you read some of these reports or even just like, in, like Instagram or Facebook posts of it, it's, uh, it's like the old IMAX or the old Macintoshes where you used to be able to do Apple talk. So you'd write a sentence and be like, I went to this road and I went fishing. Um, I feel like your writing doesn't do that. It's, it's more, I don't know. It's happy. It's fun. Like you get to, you're kind of long for the ride. The photos are always kind of fun. Um, and it always ends on like a good note. Um, and I was enjoyed, I always enjoyed that part of it. At least. I mean, I tried to read as many of them as I could and always 
kind of walked away smiling. <laughs> How could you not with the right with the smile? Eddie's got like a <clears throat> five foot wide smile. Oh yeah. In every single picture of every single fish that he posts. And if you haven't read any of these, how do people get to your blog? I'm I'm pretty Are sure you, still you can blogging. Still, I, well, I, well, we'll get to that, but I'm pretty sure you can go to EddieRivardFlyFishing.com. Okay. And if that doesn't work, you go to EddieRivardFlyFishing.blogspot.com. Got it. I I think I paid my in domain name fee this year, but I don't know if I'm going to pay it next year. So at some point you just have to go to the blog spot version of it. But if you search it, you'll always get to it. Got it. And uh, so I did this blog and uh, you know, for the first three or four years, I was pretty consistent. Uh, I feel like there was some months where I haven't had like six posts in a month. I thought that was pretty cool, but there's other months where I'd have one post and then I'd go six months without making a post. And I think at this point I've, probably went it's probably been about 10 months since I made a post but all the old posts are still there and uh, they still get views mm-hmm. like I'll look at the little thing once in a while and it's like still getting 20 views a day so somebody's reading it probably some guy in Russia who's trying to figure out how to put a virus on it somehow but they already have yeah pretty much but well, anyway it's just uh it was a good outlet. It was a good like creative expression because I never felt growing up that I was an artist. My my siblings can draw, you know, or they could uh, paint or, you know, play music. And I was just thought, uh, I don't do art. I'm just not an art dude. Until I finally figured out one day in my life where it's like, what is art? It's like art is how you express yourself, create, you know, creatively. And my joys of self-expression, I guess, ended up you know, being maybe more of a storyteller, you know, maybe a little bit of a photographer and then one third humorist, you know, making a little joke every once in a while. So there was a point where I, I, I finally realized, wow, I really don't suck. Like I, I'm better than that. Yeah. And I might actually almost be like one of the cool dudes for once, you know? Oh, you're definitely Eddie. Eddie, you are the cool. You are the cool dude. (laughs) So yeah, so the, the blog was really cool. And I think a lot of people, it would, it would be cool because I'd be on a stream or something or in a parking lot of a stream and some dude would kind of look at me and kind of get a little twinkle in his eye and be like, wow. Are, 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 you, are you Santa? Are you Eddie? Are you, are you Eddie? So cousin, that's kind of cool. Eddie? Um, you get that a lot, cousin Eddie? Or Eddie the Eagle? No. Eddie the Eagle, yeah. No, I just, cousin Eddie. I don't do that, but uh so yeah, it's kind of a cool thing, but you know, blogging, it's kind of, it's different now though. Cause you can write a blog, you can spend two hours of your evening after a day of fishing, you know, putting all the photos on the internet, writing a few words to go with those photos. And then the next morning you have zero comments on your blog. You look at it, you it might say you have 50 extra views than you had the day before. But uh, it's just like the, the feedback loop is broken, but you can post one crappy fit picture on Instagram <laughs> with 12, you know, stupid hashtags and wake up the next morning and you have must be on the fly and you have 52 likes and four comments. And it's like, wow, all I did was post one stupid picture or you can like, you know, post a couple of pictures on pictures on Facebook and wow, I got 93 likes and three comments. So at least I know people saw it but with blogging. 
these days. It's just that feedback loop is broken. Like if you do post a link to your blog on your Facebook, I feel people would click on it before they, you know, they don't like it and then click on it. They just click on it because they are so excited. Wow. Eddie actually wrote a blog. I want to read this. They never go back and like the post because they're done with it. So you're kind of like, man, I could have posted one picture and got 94 likes, but this, my blog post just got three likes and you know that people liked it and you know that people read it, but wow, it's just, there's a, like something that goes on in the chemical reaction in your brain where it's like, I didn't get the treat at the end of the trick. What is it? The dopamine? Yeah. Isn't that what it is? Yep. What a lot of researchers and stuff is attributed to uh, Instagram and Facebook likes is this dopamine reaction, which is uh, equivalent to like high drugs. Mm -hmm. Like definitely. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of that. And there's, and the hard part now is the transition from let's call it 10 years ago where blogs where people would actually spend time to read a blog post um, to where now, you have to capture somebody in like three seconds. Less and, than that. I mean, it's probably less than that. Cause uh, you know, especially on Instagram, you can see it where you can have just three sentences worth of stuff. Right. And they're not even reading it. They're no, just, they see a photo the and they like it and they're not even reading they're what's in that post. One. They're on the next one. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just the attention span of your, of your viewers or, listeners or whatever now are, are much more condensed where um, I still think blogs are very important to have a great spot in the world. It's just a matter of, we're just going to have to figure out a different way to reach those people and, and get them to interact. Um, because uh, let's be honest, the millennials, whatever you want to call them. Um, they're not spending time reading blog articles anymore. Uh, and, and they might be, but they're true. not, like there's not no like much. button on blogger. You know what I mean? So, but I do think that in the end, you know, I'll think I'll always probably have my blog <laughs> and I'll write on it from time to time. Good. Maybe not to the point of which I, of what I once did, but I have blog posts in my mind right now that all I need to do is sit down and write out, but I've, it's been a busy couple of years for me. So yeah. Well, Carf, Carf, you do plenty <laughs> of blogging. Well, I was just going to say that, just because you're not getting the comments and engagement on your blog, it doesn't necessarily mean no one's reading it and there's zero value there. Um, oh, maybe, no, maybe right. Yeah. Like, cause people are reading it, but they'd rather just post something quick on, on, uh, on a post on Instagram that they're already logged in on. Well, and I think the mobile platform is what, what does that mm -hmm. for people? Cause I mean, like not everyone is logged in on their, their WordPress account or right. they have to hide tight, there's extra steps for people to do take to, in order to leave a comment, you know, they either have to log in their Google account or they have to log in their WordPress account or the well, as soon as you, address and yeah. stuff like that. One's easier than the other. And it's as soon as you ask to, them to log in, they're done. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Oh, never mind. I'm off. Yep. Well, and I think too, you know, there's so many platforms now that you have, you, you know, if, if you have a blog, you got that, uh, you got to, do Facebook, you got to do Instagram, you got to, oh, yeah. there's all these things that you have to do to be a content, content provider and, you know, and, and post things that is, is just gets to be too much, you know? Yeah. Or it's like, I just post Instagram and that's about it. <laughs> yeah. You I can mean, post one fly and get 700 likes. I've seen it happen. Yeah. I'll never but, reach But I don't, but I don't cool. do, 
I don't do Facebook because it's just like, why am I, <laughs> I it, it annoys me when, when I, I scroll through my Instagram and see a bunch of stuff. And then I hop over to Facebook and I scroll through and see the same thing. It's like, why do we need both? You know? Yeah. Cover both sides of the, uh, you, you do, spectrum. you do, but I, for the, for the, you know, the small margin of, of, yeah. of viewers you're going to get that are only on, you know, one or the other, one or the other is I don't, I don't find the value in it. No, that's, and that's fair. I think 90% of the stories on Instagram are not that good. Like, I don't think they're that entertaining. Well, so you know what? I will say this. I'll, let me interject. Sorry to interrupt you, Eddie, but you have the best stories ever and they I'll motivate I'll the heck that. out of me. But I yeah. only put a story up once every like three months. Cause that's, the- but, but the world needs more Eddie stories. This is very like, true. The, the highlight of my week is an Eddie drive through order. Yeah. But if I did that every day, pretty soon it'd be like, the no, it wouldn't, it week. would not because, because sprinkled in with those drive through orders, would be a motivational workout video. So speaking of those, somebody at my work found one of my motivational workout orders. Orders. Now I can't video. walk through the locker room without telling me, without someone telling me, never give up on your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to follow me for the next you know, ha- hashtag. Never give up on your dreams. That's going to follow me for the next twenty some years. And, and of my there career. needs to be screaming and spit that's, flying. And to be honest, though, that's not a bad tagline to live no. by. <laughs> Like if that's what you're known no, for, that's, it's actually not that bad. So. It's really good. It's like very uplifting. And I positive. mean, it probably my top. Oh, it might be my my most favorite Eddie post ever was the Taco Bell drive-through order when you ordered. Oh, what did you, Mr. Oh, the no, 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 no. no probably no, no, ordered no. a chili cheese burrito. No, it was the queso quesarito. Yeah. Quesartito uh, or something you said. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I like to pur- but, purposely mispronounce but, it. Yeah, yeah that, exactly. That, that is my favorite. Oh, the Casarito. Oh, that's what it was. Yes. <laughs> the Best Kisarito. Instagram video, I think, of the decade. Yeah, I would like a Quesarito burrito. <laughs> so I, I, now that we're on the subject, I, I do have to circle back to the, it's the Mr. Frosty. Mr. Misty. Mr. Misty. And we're so, going to lose the Instagram Live people, the bat, batteries about dead, and and that's fine. They they can be lost Sorry, on people. this. Was there like two? Not much. All right. Um. So that song was that was that uh, just off the top of your head? Was that rehearsed? I might have you know thought about it as I was pulling up and kind of you know made sure it rhymed. But that I mean that was just. Ad hoc. Here we go. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's all. And, and for those you got one who, take, you know, you're not going to go through and buy 12 Mr. Misty's. You <laughs> that was take. a single take. Yeah. And for those that don't know, I'm sure Eddie will, in, within the next week, will post a story of him at a drive-thru. Hopefully. If I get 12 new followers out of this whole all deal. Right, 12 followers for Eddie. I'll, I'll come up with something. I'm going to get yeah. you 15. Yeah. You know, I think if we I get 20, checked, I if think we I get got 20 more today from this. If we get 20 new followers for Eddie, what do we get? Could oh, we, well. could we uh, convince you to record maybe two, uh, two advertisements for the podcast that we could run? And a drive-thru order. And a drive-thru order. 
Yeah, for 20 of, new yeah, followers. Something. Yeah, right. I mean, that really boosts my self All right, folks, you've heard it. Um, go on Instagram, go to Eddie Rivard, at Eddie Rivard on Instagram, and give him a big-ass follow. Yeah, and you got a comment on one of my posts, too. Yeah. Just one. Or all of them. Yeah. Uh, if you do all of them, we get, like, Eddie's our bitch. I think, like <laughs> I think we just get live feed of Eddie yeah. whenever we want. Actually, oh, we'll just good. share that with everybody. I think that's actually a pretty, pretty so, smart idea. So Eddie, I have a couple more things for you. No, I'm ready. I feel, okay. I feel like we're the wheels we're are really greased. getting we're, in there. We're, we're getting we're in grooving. There. You know what word association is? Yeah. So if I if I say a word, just tell me the first thing that pops into your head. And I've only got a few, so it's All not right. like we're going to drill onto this for like an hour. If I can't think of anything right off the top of my head, I'll just say pass. Pass. Right. Uh, that's a great idea. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Water. Fish. <laughs> Fish. Water. Book. Read. Strength. Muscles. Green. Grass. Weakness. Strength. Easy. Hard. Satisfaction. Catching a 40-inch muskie on the fly rod. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's pretty easy. That was, that was pretty good. Yeah, you know, some people might think, why does he say uh, weakness and then he says strength? And I thought to myself, you have to learn how to turn your weaknesses into your strengths. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you're going to get better. Were you a karate kid fan growing up? I'm, I've seen the movie. Yeah, seen the movie. I was actually, we were doing a training thing at work the other day. We were learning different moves and I, I always try to pull out the old like crane thing. Oh yeah. That usually gets shot wax on, it's not going to, it's not going to become part of the uh, handbook. That's you know, too bad. It works. So. That's really too bad. Or from uh, having a hard time. Uh, nope. Pass. pass. Can't think pass. of the name of the movie. So, Eddie, um, what is, in your mind or opinion, what's the meaning of life? Why, why are we all here? Why do we wake up every day? It's pretty deep. I didn't prep you for such a deep question, but what, what is the meaning of life to Eddie Rivard? Well, you know, do what you like. If you like to fish, do it. If you don't like to fish, don't do it. If, you know, just do what you like. That's it, huh? Just do what you like. Yeah. What would you say to those people out there that are flight curious? <laughs> well, you know, give it a shot, you know, either find somebody that's willing to take you under their wing. Will you, will you take people under their wing? I mean, I've seen you take people at the expo and teach them how to tie flies, which is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Who have never tied flies and you just, you know, swoop in there. That was actually one of the best days of my life. Not going to lie. But, uh, you know, I, I have taken people under my wing and it's just kind of, uh, you know, I can't say I'd take anybody under my wing, but you know, there's, you know, almost like it has to be a certain type of friend with a certain type of outlook and certain type of expectations for me to, you know, maybe spend a day or two days or, you know, or like a concerted effort, you know, getting them up to speed. So it's just kind of, uh, He's like, where are you at right now? Where do you want to go? Is there a way I can fit in there and somehow help you get to that? get to that next level. 
So, you know, I've, I, th- I feel like I've helped a fair amount of people get to a, you know, a level above where they're at. Um, but it just kind of depends who, you know, who they are and, you know, W I I F M it's not a radio station. It's a li- way of life. <laughs> What's in it for me. You know yeah. what I mean? Green M&Ms basically. So if you have a bag of green M&Ms and a uh, six pack of barks or a beer. Yep. Eddie, Eddie will take you under his wing for the day. Probably a little short lunch too. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's like, and be free on a Tuesday, you know, cause that's going to be the day. Like I need somebody to fish with. You are like a living, breathing person who can probably paddle me around for a little bit. Need to be able to paddle, right? Need to be able, well, open to the idea of learning how to paddle. Yeah, I mean, or, or we're going to wade and then you just got to be willing to uh, hang out with me, you know? But yeah, it's got to be on a Tuesday because if I do have a Saturday off, but you know, I last summer I didn't really have a whole lot of Saturdays off because, you know, work schedule and stuff and being the new guy. But next summer I'll probably have every other weekend off. Saturdays still, for the women. Well, either the women or like the one buddy of yours that you haven't hung out with in two years. And he finally has a Saturday off. Right. And that's like the one guy you want to fish with. And if you're just some random Joe who I got to like work, you know, to kind of hang out with you. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure I'll still like you, but just not as much as, you know, a Saturday friend. You're a Tuesday friend at this point. Right. Maybe if you end up being that cool and you make progress. And like 10 years down the road, it's like, you're, you're now a Saturday friend because you got that day off. And I have actually enjoyed fishing with you these last 10 years, seeing you progress. All of a sudden you're doing it on your own and you've got something to show me. Wow. I think I'm spending my weekend with you. Fair but enough. Starting out or you're a Tuesday friend. Cause I can't find anybody Tuesday. else that day. <laughs> so this uh, is your shot. You know? So fly tying, you're pretty good fly tire. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I can tie a functional fly. Functional fly? You uh St. Paul fly tire? Yes. Uh, I was, I'm glad you kind of brought that up. So, you know, I got into fly fishing. And then there, there'd be years where I'd go to Great Waters Fly Fishing Festival, and I'd you're walking down the aisle, and you see all these, like, you know, these booths, and all of a sudden you see a booth that says St. Paul fly tires, and you see a couple, like, probably older guys standing there, and you're like... And Joel. Yeah. Yeah. There's this Joel guy too. I think, you know, him. Mm-hmm. but, uh, and you think, ah, oh, well, that's cool. I mean, I know where St. Paul is. I tie flies. But I, 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 there was a long time where I felt I got plenty of friends. I don't need to like join a club to have friends who tie flies or fly fish. I already got friends, you know, and I got a daddy. Don't need no friends. Well, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like I did, but one day I was up, uh, it was a fall day and I had been up on the Brule steel heading and I was at the pizza place in town, whichever one that is. And I was talking to a guy and he's like, yeah, you know, I was up here with the St. Paul fly tires. We, you know, every year we rent out this house and we all fish and it just ends up being a really good deal. And we meet every Thursday at, you know, Golden's and Maplewood. And I was like, Oh, that's cool for you. I mean, that's cool that you have to join a club to have friends. I was yeah. a little disappointed at the time I gave class. You weren't there. No, I was there. Were you? Remember I made comments like, if you were going to tie this fly, how many likes did you think it would get? And oh, everybody man. laughed. Yeah, probably. If it was funny, you were there. So anyway, 
I just kind of like, oh, that's cool, whatever. It's not, but it's not kind of cool. But at the same time, it's like, I got a life. At the time I owned a business, I was super busy. You were a locksmith. Yep. And, uh, but then all of a sudden, like, well, there was a Thursday night. Didn't really feel like working anymore that day. I was like, well, maybe I'll go check out this, you know, this group of people that ties flies together. So I ended up going to check it out. And, you know, I, I think I probably... Thought it was cool. Like all of a sudden you start talking to people who also fly fish and you realize, Hey, we have a lot in common. And then you go there the next week and you know, pretty soon, like you remember a few people's names and they remember your name. And all of a sudden you got more friends who fly fish and more friends that tie flies. And like, it ended up being like, you know, being a St. Paul fly tire and a member of the club, I think for the, now past, you're like the president or something. Well, there, there was a time in, uh, in during 20, 18, I was the vice president for a wow, year. Wow, that's pretty but big. I'm on the board. You're on the board, though, right? Yeah. But, uh, like, over the last three or four years or so, it's just kind of like it's, you know, I joined the club, and I really enjoy the people that are in the club, and it's like a real, like, good mix of people. And it's just, it's, I, I'm a better fly fisherman and fly tire now than I was before. And in large part, that's... uh I owe a debt to the, you know, my friends in the St. Paul fly tires for, you know, just being a good group of people to associate with and tie flies with. And you guys, you guys put on some pretty awesome events too. And and that's where, you know, we, we've seen you teach young kids who have never sat behind a vice before, um, and learn how to tie flies. Yeah. Yeah. They usually give us a little area at the old great waters. Yeah, where we can, you know, the back, the back tying dungeon back there. Yeah, but you know, I think it's cool to share that. You know, like I say, like I was never an artist growing up, and now I do have an actual, you know, method of art where I'm I'm using my hands and I'm able to create flies. And for me, uh, you know, being a fly tire, it was never about like I want to tie the perfect parachute atoms. Right. It's kind of like, hey. You can't buy a super duper heavy woolly bugger at the fly angler. No. Like, and there's just certain times when you need a fly that does what you want it to do. And nobody's going to tie it for you, but yourself. So that's kind of how I got into it. It's like, I want my flies to do this. So I better learn to tie myself. And that's kind of how I started. And now it's like, well, you know, I've never caught a muskie on a fly. Somebody else tied. I have. It's a, it's, it's quite a gift. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure it is. But now it's like, at this point, it's like, well, do I want to ruin my streak by fishing somebody else's fly or uh, just keep on tying my own flies? So no, that's understandable. We'll see what keep, happens. T- keep tying your own. Yeah. I mean, it's fun and it's creative and I just think it's uh, something you can do, you know, pretty much your whole life and get better at. Yeah, definitely. So do you have anything else, Eddie? Do you have anything for us? Questions? Yeah. Any questions for us? Any, anything yeah, so for actually, the 3BT crew? So last summer, no, it might've even been, how long has it been since you guys had this podcast? Uh, About a year and a half. June of 2018. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. I remember listening to your very first podcast. Sorry to hear that. That, that was the best one. <laughs> <laughs> and I, we, I was with Justin Bowman and we were heading out to Montana. And I think I might've listened to like a half hour of it before. that. 
And then I was like, yeah, we got to listen to this, you know, and somehow throughout listening to that, I learned that uh, this podcast is pretty much about what guys would talk about if it's two guys fishing and they'd meet it and they'd get to a bridge, then they'd sit down and have a beer or a root beer. And this is kind of what they'd talk about during that time of, you know, taking a quick break from fishing. And that's kind of what this podcast was going to be about. It's just two guys talking, you know, about whatever we're right. having to talk about when they're sitting on the side of the river, probably somewhat close to a bridge. And somehow that concept was just pounded into me about 17 times, like throughout that hour and a half period. <laughs> I was like, I'm pretty sure I get what this podcast is about. It's about two guys and this is what they talk about. And I, I kept on thinking to myself, we just Actually, wanted to make it very clear yeah. in that first episode what it was about. There's, there's, there's two or three beers <laughs> yeah. involved in it. I thought to myself, two to 13. I want to actually kind of know who, like, Grant and, you know, Ebb's the other guy are. The you know, like, guy. I don't, like, I know that you're Joel's brother, you know, I know that Joel's brother. You know, you tie really cool flies. <laughs> That's all I can inspire. To get be a lot of likes. <laughs> but I mean, I was like, I actually, I was kind of excited to like find out who you guys were. And I almost wish that you would have like interviewed each other. You know, like, cause I still don't really know. Like, where, where are you from? Like, I don't know where Grant's from. I don't know where he grew up. I don't know how he got into fly fishing. I grew I, up with the lollipop guild. And I, I think a lot of your listeners probably also, unless you, they know you guys in person, they probably think, you know, like I, I know like a lot of your listeners probably listen, you know, know about you through your Instagram. Like oh, this guy ties the most badass nymphs ever and uh, some really cool streamers too. Good, but like good flies, Grant. Yep. Good job. But like who is this guy and where did he come from? And how did you guys figure out how to make this podcast? Like, I want to hear about the conversation or the series of conversations that you guys probably had sitting on a river talking you know, during a break from fishing and somehow now we have a podcast and this is actually pretty serious stuff. Like, you know, like I'm talking in a microphone that could have had at one time, like Micah Kreider could have talked to this microphone. He probably did. He probably and that's did. like pretty yeah. serious, you know, but how did this come all about? Well, it, you know, it, it really, it really stemmed from sitting on a bridge, having a beer after fishing brown trout. And, and it usually came from when Matt and I were done night fishing because you know you get to night fishing you're all kind of jazzed up and you're kind of either you had a really good night or you had a really shitty night either way you just need to kind of sit there and decompress so we'd sit on the river and drink a 12 pack <laughs> drink a 12 pack and hang out and watch the stars and watch feeding trout underneath the bridge and yeah like four in the morning yeah till like four o'clock in the morning and then uh you know i, I don't know we just started talking and uh you know we we kind of have this passion of of sharing this camaraderie or um realization that you know fly fish is not just about going out and catching fish which uh, you yeah, know i mean 100%. That, and that's the biggest cliche is you know oh it's not the fish it's about yeah. hanging out with people it's but about it really taking is. sunset photos no it's really about hanging out with your your really good buds your good friends or or people you may even just meet on the river that day. Yeah, like Justin. I mean, right. We wouldn't normally hang out with him. No, nobody would. None of us would be fit, hanging out with each other right now if it wasn't for this common bond. 100%. Yeah. I would know, I would not know any of you if it was not for fly fishing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of just, I don't know. We just were like, Oh, well we can probably figure out some interesting stuff to talk about. Um, and it doesn't hurt that we can poke Matt's brain every now and then, because yes, he is an incredible fly tire and he's got some badass nymphs out there. I don't know. Um, and he really doesn't know much, but, uh, we can every now and then drag that out of him. But really, Eddie, to answer your question, that's how it started. Um, him and I just kind of sitting around and realizing that it'd be kind of fun to talk with other like-minded people and friends or, or new friends or people who want to get to know posterity. more. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Because there's not enough uh, driftless area podcasts out there. I was just wondering to myself, what would, what would Carf be doing had he not discovered fly fishing? Would you still be trying to make it into the NFL? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (coughs) That's fair. That's a fair question. I mean, do people know that he was once a college football player? (laughs) Junior college? I don't don't think it doesn't, you know, it's... Junior college doesn't make much of a difference to me. Yeah, no, probably not. People probably don't know that. I had to fish with you for an entire day to kind of pull that out of you. Yeah. Uh, so what do you what do you, you know, what, very, what do you think? Mysterious. What do you think you'd be doing right now if it wasn't for fly fishing? If it wasn't for fly fishing, what I would be doing right now, I'd probably just be like playing video games. Yeah. What what video game? <laughs> you're playing Madden Reloaded trying to get into the NFL <laughs> learning your plays yeah any given Sunday like on repeat yeah. <laughs> try to max out all my stats as they should be 99 across the board <laughs> uh, I, I, I just uh, I don't know I was always drawn to the outdoors so I'd be doing something outside I liked riding my bike in the woods and just I always liked fishing you ever take your bike off any sweet jumps? All the time. Sweet. I bake cakes or something. It's good to hear. Eddie, where do you think you'd be without fly fishing? You know, I'd probably be gear fishing. You know, I guess I, I don't think I would Just have ever sort of totally fishing. given up fishing. Yeah. But I don't think I would have ever. I don't think the gear fishing would have like penetrated the fabric of my being as much as fly fishing has. Because like. It's not as difficult as a, you know, a thing to do. So I I think the harder something is and, you know, the more you're able to like bond with other people over it, like, you know, like a lot of soldiers coming back from war would like say like these guys, I was in the trenches with them. And I think the more something sucks, you know, as in being like a tough thing to learn, the more it is kind of like being in the trenches. And if you're doing that with somebody else, you're going to form bonds with them that are much more tighter than had you just, you know, walked down easy street together. Right. Right. That's fair. Matt, where do you uh, think you'd be without fly fishing? I would go to the bathroom and I come back and it's pretty deep. Yeah. We, we went there and got pretty, uh, uh, Carf would be attempting to be a professional football player. Through the game of Madden. Through the, through the game of Madden. Everybody eats some quality H2O. Yeah. Where would I be without fly fishing? I don't know. Because 
fishing in general and primarily fly fishing has been such a part of my life for as long as I can ever remember. I don't know where, where I would be. It's just to be on. It's just been that long. Yeah. Right. So I don't have a good answer for that. I don't have anything deep and profound. I, well, Eddie, I don't ch- have an answer. Eddie'd be chucking gear. Yeah, I, I would be some say, sort of fishing. That's what yeah, I, I'd be doing outside. I, I, I was a gear. I still use my gear, but I'd be gear fishing for yeah. sure. I mean, it'd be some sort of fishing, yeah. some sort of outdoor. Yeah. get me near the water. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did do some gear fishing prior to fly fishing, but. It was primarily fly fishing as long as I can remember. Nothing wrong with that. So I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, Eddie, uh, you got more questions for the uh, 3BT crew? So you got your sticky notes there. He's been uh, <sighs> jotting questions. Jotting questions like a good journalist that he is. So uh, I listened to some of your other podcasts with other people. And you had asked these questions like, if there is one fish in your entire life that would stand out above the rest, yep. what would it be? Well, when you asked me that question earlier, you said like in the last year, I think, what would it be? Mm-hmm. So, but I had prepared myself to answer the question of that one fish in your entire life. That's why we like you, to throw a wrench in it a little bit. Do you yeah, have I, mean, I, don't, I don't need to talk about it, but no, I, I, I would no, like to hear, hear it. I'm in. If somebody's hung in with us for this long, they probably are liking what we're putting. Sounds good. So uh, I think it was 2014. Uh, let's see. So I started fly fishing in 2007. And every year my dad and I and some friends would go out to uh, the uh, Bighorn Mountains of Wyoming. And we'd fish the north and south forks of the Tongue River. It was a good time. And there was one, that year we went out with some friends and they were going to go back after four or five days and my dad and I were going to hang out for like three or four more days or two or three more days. But something happened with like my dad reserved a hotel in the wrong city and they wouldn't give him a refund to go to the city we wanted to go to. And he, he I guess like he had gotten he was kind of so ticked off about the whole thing. He's like, we're just going to go back to the Midwest. We're just going to go home. And I was like, I was kind of primed. Like, I, I was like, I want to fish for three more days. And I, that was also right around the time where I was like, I want to catch a 20 inch brown trout or die. Right. Like I saw people online that were, that would catch a 20 inch trout. And that was like, this is what I need to do. I want to be the kind of guy who pursues big brown trout. And I want to catch one. That's and a goal been, to strive for. I'd been really trying hard and it's like really hard to catch a 20 inch brown trout. Yeah. So this was uh, mid-August. Like we got back to the cities, and I think my dad went home, and my I already had some friends watching my dog, so I had like three days to fish, and I was like, "Well, I have three days to fish. I'm not going to go back to work because that didn't involve fishing, and I really wanted to catch a 20 inch brown (laughs) trout." So I thought, I thought to myself, you know, where would a 20 inch brown trout be in mid-August? And I thought, I know that 20-inch brown trout, hang, a lot of times they're in more of a marginal river system. A lot of times. So what happens to marginal rivers in the summer? 
Well, a lot of the rivers become too warm for trout, but yet there's like springs in these rivers. How do you find the springs? So I figured out I could go on Google Earth and there's this thing where you can go back in time. And I found these winter maps. And on a winter map of this one river, I could see where ice had formed on some parts and then snow falls on the ice. So that part of the river is a white line. But where there's springs, that river didn't freeze over. So that was black. So I found this one section of a river that was black. And I was like, that's where the springs are. So I went there. You know, it was like another one of these hell marches. And I went upstream and I was cast in my yellow sex dungeon. Actually, I was cast in uh, an autumn splendor woolly bugger. But I had a big fish. You know, I saw him follow and then he turned around. I think I cast it again. There was no follow. And I thought, okay, this is one of those times where you should switch flies. So I put on a yellow sex dungeon and I cast out. Now all of a sudden I had this, you know, big brown trot on and I caught it. And then for some reason, I think the, the, the hook slashed its gill. So I tried for an hour to revive it so I could release it, but it didn't work out. Yeah. So it died. But, you know, I brought it upstream and finally I, I got to this where the stream went right by this one guy's house and he saw me in the river and he was like, hey, because... He never really sees people in the river. So those landowners are usually pretty chill. They're like, oh, I have never seen anybody on my river before. This is so awesome. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I caught this big brown trout. And he like went and like he brought out a measuring tape and we measured it. And it was over 20 inches, you know, by like a fraction of an inch. And I was just like, wow, I finally, after all these like, you know, months of trying, I finally was able to like do something that's totally badass. So I ended up getting that fish mounted and that's probably the only skin mount I'll ever get in my life. But I think it was just kind of like the way it all came together through like thinking about it, doing it, learning how to cast streamers, figuring out, you know, where the fish would be at that time of the year. I don't think there's really other other fish that I could think of in my life where that would, where it'd be a better fish that I could, you know, lay my, uh, I don't know memories on i guess to uh say that was the fish that really always remember yeah i can like remember almost everything about that day so that would be my answer to that question had you asked it i i did in a roundabout way i didn't i didn't want to pry too far back in eddie's yeah i mean well i mean if we're gonna play that game i've got follow-up question all right uh, first fly rod setup, rod reel combo. What'd you have? First, first, first one you had. So my dad bought me a St. Croix Avid seven weight two piece rod for Christmas, probably in like the, maybe like Christmas Eve, 2006, I unwrapped that. And I, I don't, I forgot what the original reel was on that. Cause like we went out to, uh, big sky that next summer. And for some reel, that reel, for some reason, that reel broke. And then I just ended up with an Okuma Sierra 7.8. And that was my first, you know, basic setup as a seven weight fly rod, you know, with like an Okuma reel. And it was good. And my second setup then was a five weight Sage DS2. I'm pretty sure my dad bought it on eBay at some point. Then he gave it to me. And it was a great rod. I still have that rod. Do you still have the uh, original? 
No, I actually, so Uh my second favorite fish ever was like my 17 inch tiger trout. I caught on January 1st of 2016. That is a huge tiger trout. Yeah. So that one was like a lot of people would think, why isn't that your favorite fish of all time? Like, cause I was in the Milwaukee journal Sentinel and the pioneer press with my picture. (laughs) That was like my most famous fish. Yeah. But that just kind of happened. Like we were, we were kind of targeting where we thought we're, like, we're going to catch tiger trout today. Yeah. And we uh, caught it. You know, I, I, well, I mean, I caught it and somehow like after landing it, running across this, you know, the edge of this pool to my buddy. So we could like quick to get a picture and release it somehow in that meal melee. Like afterwards, I was still super high on, you know, the adrenaline of just doing something really cool. And all of a sudden I looked and the tip of my rod had broken. So I sent it into St. Croix and they didn't know they, they no longer made the two piece version of the Avid. So they sent me the four piece version as a replacement, which is n- nowhere near the same rod as that original two piece right. was. But, uh, you know, it's a material object. I still have the memories. Yeah. That's pretty awesome though. All right. Do you have any, uh, any more questions for the three BT crew? Are we going to go fishing together next summer? Absolutely. I think, I think that'd be the way to kind of like, this has to culminate in something. It's going to be trout fishing though. If you're okay with that. That's totally fine. All right. Yeah. Yeah. We can definitely, definitely put that on the, on the three BT calendar for sure. Uh, Carf's not invited, but yeah. We got, well, if we need someone to take pictures. Yeah. That's kind of what I was going to say. I don't know. He usually ends up hurting himself when we take him fishing with us. Bum knee and, uh, but yeah, we'll absolutely. I mean, anytime after the first year, we'll, uh, get out fishing awesome well i uh you know i don't have anything more to add no i'm sure we'll we'll see at the expo yeah see at the expo it'll be fun time yeah if uh expo we got come was it it's gonna be like march 9th late i think it's late march is it late march this year something well um if you guys make it out to the expo this year Definitely make it down to Tires Row that the St. Paul Fly Tires put on. Yep. Um, back in the corner. Back in the corner. Um, hopefully, you find myself there. I know Matt will be there. Yep. Uh, Eddie will be there. Yep. I have that whole weekend off. Car- Carfellini. Carfellini Maybe. will be wandering around, I'm sure. Um, Slang in some Vedavoo. Slang in that Vedavoo every day, all day. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I have one thing to add to that. If you see me in person, like it doesn't hurt to tell me like, oh man, I listened to the podcast and you didn't suck. And also I read your blog and it didn't suck. And your like, mustache is outstanding. I mean, and just, you're a really good looking dude. It's always good just to know that. Solid looking yeah, guy. So, so on, it's I'm, good to know that you're. Oh yeah. Like, let's not, yeah. With, with a good looking dude is, is there a Mrs. Rivard? Um, we're just going to like say no for now. No, I mean, no but for I think now? like, would I, you like a Mrs. Rivard? Yeah. I think there's really good things that are going to happen in the next, you know, year or so. Well, yeah. let's let's. Something let's, good just happened right now. You just got one follower, so that's <laughs> we need fourteen more. That's really good. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, any of the single ladies out there that enjoy a uh, catching fish, catching fish, like to hang out, and maybe with a, a, with a banging mustache, banging mustache, real nice canoe. Yeah. You still got that Han element. No, I have a Honda Odyssey now. I'm oh, I'm you stepped the, up. He's ready rocking, for the fast minivan. Up. So he's got he's got a Odyssey now. Yeah. Um, 
I'm kind of jealous. That's a that's a nice. It's rig. a big leap being a single forty year old guy with a minivan, but once you have it, it's like <laughs> there's the no going back, of right? All time. No going back. So there's plenty of room for uh, going out to lots uh, of gear. Um, yeah, a lot of gear. Going out to those drive-in theaters, hanging out. So many, so much room for activities. Um, yeah, reach out to and Eddie. If, you, if you're a, like a single mother and you got two kids, like. Stay I can away. probably accommodate them too. Room for car seats. So all of that. We'll see what happens. All of that. Yep. Um, yeah. Give Eddie a give Eddie a follow on Instagram. Uh look him up on Facebook. And as always, look uh well, you know where we're at, but yeah. give us a like, a follow, Smash a comment. Smash that like button. Smash it. As my kids as YouTube videos that they watch. Smash that, that like button. Is that the cool yeah. thing now? Smash yes. smash it up. Smash the like button. Um and uh Mr. Carfellini, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. And again, check out Vetivu Gear or uh, Carfort. Uh, Carf- no, don't look at Don't look me up. No, <laughs> you're not going to find anything good. <laughs> he like it's been such a like a fun evening, and then there's Carf, who's like I ruin everything. A drowned rat. Yeah, I know. Th- things have been really good when I haven't spoken into this thing. Yeah, who like, invited? There, you? like, so many good things were happening when I was silent. Like Matt rubbing my foot with his foot. That was great. Is that, has that been happening all night? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, maybe next time we can convince you to do another rendition of uh, Pink Squirrel on the guitar. We'll see what happens from there. Yeah, I don't even remember that song. I have it recorded. That was too many beers ago. All right, guys. Thanks for everything. Three Appreciate beers. it. Thank and uh, we'll. Uh, Thanks, Eddie. Thanks, Thank Eddie. You. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks Eddie. for the time. You right, man. It's awesome. I appreciate your time and all the people that spent listening to us till the end. We'll be there. We'll see you next time. Thanks, folks. Thank you. Hit that outro.